0: Welcome to Economically Speaking, the information podcast designed to bring you the latest economic development news in the town and the surrounding area. Hosted by Babylon IDA CEO Tom Dolan.
1: Well hello everyone and welcome. My name is Tom Dolan and you are listening to Economically Speaking, episode number 15. Wow. Today I'm here with the uh, my friend, and our special guest, Matt McDonough. Some of you may recognize the name Matt. Matt was here to help us in our inaugural kickoff to Economically Speaking, episode number one. But Matt, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me, Tom. Good to be back. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. We're here today. This is basically an update. Uh, This is uh, for our IDA clients and really all businesses that are listening here today that are located in New York State. Before we get started, maybe you could just kind of update everybody again and just remind them who you are, what you do, and uh, the relationship that we
0: have here at the IDA. Sure. So my name is Matt McDonough. I'm general counsel to the Industrial Development Agency, uh, but I am a lawyer in private practice with uh, municipal and business clients who have definitely been affected by a lot of the changes with COVID-19. And this is a very dynamic situation where businesses need to respond as new things come up, and it's been an interesting time to be an attorney in that sort of situation. So, obviously, I was formerly the CEO of the Industrial Development Agency before going into private practice. Yes, you are. But, um, you know, the IDA, I think, serves as not only the economic development engine in the town, but really also a source of information for businesses. How is the IDA changing, how that affects the business, but also in this sort of climate, what type of government regulations are sort of being announced and how that's going to affect your day-to-day. Absolutely. And that's been our role for a long
1: time, especially with COVID, Matt. We've had that opportunity to work on different projects and they need businesses and need a resource and uh, we've been happy to be here for that. So today we're going to discuss the New York Hero Act, and but before we do, again, I just think it's important to let everyone know you're not here to give legal advice. Right. uh, But to yeah, this is the when the red
0: lights flash. This is the disclaimer section. That's right. I am not your attorney, uh, but (laughs) I am giving you, for the purposes of discussion, a bit of an update on what's going on, and the Hero Act is one of those things we wanted to make sure clients were aware of. But what I'm telling you here does not substitute the advice of your own attorney. So if you have concerns or questions um, or just want to generally discuss this, reach out to your own lawyer and, you know, bring up how the HERO Act is going to affect you. Right. No. Great. Um, So
1: let's talk a little bit about what is the HERO Act and how did it all come
0: about? Right. So the HERO Act is short for the uh, Health and Essential Rights Act that was passed recently. So COVID-19 has obviously changed the way in which we do business. This is a response to COVID-19 and having a plan. So the last pandemic or epidemic was the Spanish flu in 1918. So it was more than 100 years ago. And it's one of the few things that didn't really inform day-to-day business. We might have talked about pandemics and epidemics. We might have had some forethought or foresight into them a little bit. It might have been in your disaster planning, uh, but who really thought this would ever happen? What was the likelihood of it? So the HERO Act basically codifies in New York State statute what you need to do and what you need to have on the books and be ready for. So this affects all private employers in the state of New York, and that's really why we're discussing it here today. Right. So, So maybe we
1: can get into that a little bit as far as what employers are covered through the Act.
0: Yeah, so Section 1 of the HERO Act covers all employee employers, uh, private employers in the state of New York. That includes digital companies. It does not cover employees at any work site that the employer does not have the ability to control, uh, like telework or telecommunity. Currently, Section 1 of the HERO Act does not apply to employees who are covered by OSHA Emergency Temporary Standard for Healthcare Workers, which became effective on June 21, 2021. Section 1 of the HERO Act also does not apply to employees covered by another OSHA standard specifically related to airborne infectious diseases or COVID-19. Currently, OSHA does not have such a standard, but New York State Department of Labor will update information and when OSHA does create a standard that applies to any additional employees. So I think that's the two big names you heard there is OSHA and DOL. Uh, OSHA is the federal agency. Uh, you should be checking their website for updates if you are covered by OSHA. And then the New York State Department of Labor. So the Department of Labor created a frequently asked questions and also promulgated certain rules related to the HERO Act. Uh, if you're looking to start your research, those are the places to start to look at those too. Right. But if you're a private employee employer in this state, um, and you have folks coming into the workplace and you control that workplace, you need to uh, take this seriously and start uh, planning sure. under the HERO Act. So sure. Okay. The other thing I just want to remind our
1: listeners too, please check our show notes uh, as we will, the, Matt had men, mentioned OSHA, uh, also the Department of Labor. We will have that contact information there for you so that uh, we'll try to get you a direct link. Uh, so that you can get into that website or those websites. Um, Matt, does an employer have to do anything if there is nothing designated as an airborne infectious disease?
0: Yeah, so basically the Commissioner of Health is telling you you need to create a plan. So you need to create an, an airborne infectious disease exposure prevention plan. You need to give a copy to your employees within 30 days after creating it. You need to give a copy to any new employee when they're hired. You need to post the plan in the, work spi- in the workspace in a conspicuous place, and you need to update the plan as needed. So this is creating, as a part of your planning as a business owner, how infectious diseases will be controlled in the worksite. What are you going to do? Right. So you know some of this is available online, but again, you may want to consult an attorney or consultants who deal with this sort of thing And it's really going to affect all businesses differently because, you know, depending on how many employees you have, the amount of space you have, how you can spread people out, if you have control of installing the HVAC or not, everyone's situation is going to be vastly different. And you need to create a plan that actually works, that employees understand, and that's in compliance with the HERO Act. So, yes. Wow.
1: Okay. Sounds like a lot. And I'm sure this is why this is important. It's exactly why we're doing this.
0: Exactly. I mean, in the middle of all this, it's a tough thing for a business owner to sort of, you know, change hats and focus on this. But it's a necessary part of it because obviously it's required and there's certain penalties if you don't. Um, But in reality, there's also probably a portion of this where workers want to know what's going on. And, you know, most owners are going to want to know where they're going to be heading, whether it's COVID or some other future disease, how they're going to handle this. Some of this might already be done. You know, they know that they can go to um, telecommuting and things like that. Or others know that if there is something like COVID-19 again, unfortunately, they're going to have to close down for that amount of time. So there has to be some prior proper planning. Right. Um, You know, the five Ps to get ready for what inevitably will be another type of infectious disease that might hit us.
1: And I think now is the time, too, because after going through it, you
0: know, this is when things are freshest, it, you know, and, and everyone's very focused on this. This is a discussion I think everyone's having uh, all the time, whether it be seriously or not. And, right. you know, it's, it, it's an opportunity to reevaluate what worked, what didn't work, um, and communicating that to your employees. But it's also, in the end, you're communicating that to your customers and your clients as well, right? So, because the way you're going to operate during this is going to affect them as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um,
1: And now that COVID-19 has been designated as an
0: airborne infectious disease, what do employers need to do? So they need to first check current CDC and New York State Department of Health guidance to make sure its HERO Act complies with the guidance. So again, unfortunately, the state's putting the onus on business owners. But it requires some investigation into what the CDC and the Department of Health is saying. And you need to make sure that what they're saying is sort of being translated into your plan. Not an easy task. So, again, this might be an opportunity to reach out to your professionals or somebody on staff who's more adept at this to sort of get that implemented. Then you need to actually implement the HERO Act. So whatever you uh, have decided to put in your disease, infectious disease plan, prevention plan, uh, you actually need to implement. And you need to make sure your employees know about it, that it's written down, that it's stored in a safe place, that everybody is aware of it, that it can be accessed easily. Um, and it's sort of part of that succession planning too, right? If someone were to go, if that key person were to go, you need to make sure that this is it's still implementable. And then you need to give employees a verbal review of the plan. So not only do you have to give it to them in writing, but you need to speak to them about it. So you know these are, again, things you gotta keep on your radar when you're thinking about this. It might be something you can't afford to go outside of uh, the business to do, you have to do it yourself. But you know, check the CDC and the State Department of Health, See what those guidelines are, write your infectious prevention plan based on that, implement it, say what you're going to do, do what you're going to say, and then give employees the verbal review and a written copy of your infectious prevention plan. So, gotcha. And
1: again, just like you touched on in the very beginning, uh, obviously we know large companies and companies that we work with that uh, employ a lot of uh, people. But even the small, right? So so that guy who only maybe has a couple of people that come in and out of his business during the day, this is all, everyone
0: has to get this done. Correct.
1: And there's definitely a little more pressure on them as far as resources and taking the time to get this done. Yeah, that, and
0: that's exactly right. And there are model plans out there that you can download and you can take advantage of um, that You know, might be advantageous to some folks who are in that position, Tom. But you got to remember that when you download a model plan, you know it. Right. and that you implement it and that it's not just something you're doing to check off a box because what this is creating is the procedures and steps that people are going to take uh, in the next uh, plan to keep people safe and that if you haven't taken that seriously and gone through it and understand it and you don't implement it correctly, there's going to be consequences for that. Sure. So that's Got just it. something to remember. Model plans are available, not for everybody because there's certain things that are industry specific. It might also be the size and things like that but you know you can use advanced controls in the model plan to add controls that are applicable to the specific business so right. and like you said check with your attorney and and make sure that it,
1: it's where it needs to be But that's such a great point though because so many people do that you know there's Different things that people follow, and like you said, they just check the box, like yeah, I got that done. But this, it's not really applicable to what they need. to no,
0: you you might be in a particular industry where that standard plan does not apply, or you have your sort of cross section across different things, or you're intersectional. Uh, If that's the case, you know you need to see what the plan is actually calling for, and does it make sense? Because if it doesn't make sense, scrap it. You're gonna have to figure something else out. Right. But you know that's just something. It's it's again. Unfortunate that business owners have to deal with this at this time, but this is what the law is. So we just want to make sure people are aware, right? And uh, getting this going. Um, yep. Yeah.
1: Now, now what have, what happens if an employer falls in, into multiple industries and, and environments? Which template would be should be used in that case?
0: Yeah. So employers should select the most appropriate model plan and sort of customize it um, for the industry or work site. That makes the most sense for them. So everyone has unique conditions. You now obviously everyone who listens to this podcast is not in the same industry or has the same amount of employees or right. is in the same part of town or you know they may lease. they may uh, own. They might have 5,000 square feet. They might have 250,000 square feet. So everyone's going to be different. Sure. Uh, that's why you have a standard plan. You can sort of use the advanced controls to fill in where you think uh, what would be more appropriate. But in the end once you get that document you need to go through it and you need to go through it with your team and and review with employees and this is going to be a living document you're going to be making edits as time goes on right um and it's important to bring as many people on the team in as possible so that you have a full bird's eye view of what's going on and you have a plan that's really tailor-made to you right
1: and i think not only you're again bringing that up but i think i read something with that is kind of recommended Right is to almost put like a team together like that to be able to help you address all issues and concerns uh, to make all employees uh, feel good about that. Um,
0: Now, which model plan is best for like an office environment? Right, I think most people are you know even with our clients you have an office and maybe a warehouse setting or you're mainly focused on an office. So for that, if you're just an office space, you're going to use a non-industry specific uh, plan and. That's because office spaces are, even though uh, you might be involved in different types of work, they operate in a very similar way. Hmm. But you might be in an office space attached to an industrial uh, manufacturing side. You might be attached to a warehouse. So, you know, a lot of our clients come in and say, all right, I need to build out 10,000 square feet of office space in my 90,000 square foot warehouse right. or my 90,000 square foot, you know, planning and operations floor right. or whatever. Um, so that office space is much different than what's going outside and what might be related to your business. So that's where you can use that non-specific industry model for the folks in the office. Right. But those working out on the floor, that's a different uh, plan. So again, this talks about and sort of goes over what makes most sense for you as a business. And you know, no one's going to be the same, I and mean, you actually might have two very different environments even though you're one company.
1: Right, and like you said, we've seen that, and that's that's such a great point. If the employer is based outside of New York State, but has employees based in New York State, are the New York employees covered by the Act?
0: Yes, yeah, they are. So unless the employee with the New York State is telecommuting, the employer cannot exercise control of the worksite. So if there are physical employees here working at a site the HERO Act applies, and you're going to have to have a plan for them. So not really affecting a lot of our clients, I think. Maybe some of the larger ones who operate over uh, state boundaries with multiple locations. But it's something just to to make sure. If you have New York State employees reporting to work at a work site, you're going to have to comply with the HERO Act.
1: Now, is this something that will be posted in, in the business place?
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, it's going to be... The HERO Act itself won't be like a typical Department of Labor standards, you know, right. about minimum wage and things like that. But on that bulletin board or whatever you guys use to disseminate information to employees, whether it's a SharePoint, an email, or anything like that, you are going to have to make this available, the plan itself. So when you finally get down to finding which plan works for you, working through it, and implementing it, part of the implementation is delivering it to employees giving it to new employees, verbally discussing with employees the HERO Act so they're aware of it, and then posting it. So you're going to have to post that and make it available. And that's, again, just another part of succession planning. You don't want the plan to be with the person who ends up not being around. You want it to be readily available to everyone, and that's what the purpose of this is. Gotcha. Makes
1: sense. What happens if an employer fails to comply?
0: So, you know, this is what I think everyone looks to in the end. What's right. what's the penalty if we don't comply? So employers uh, are going to be required to pay penalties of $50 or more per day for not creating a plan and up to 10000 for not a fo- following an adopted plan. Section 1 of the HERO Act also allows employees to bring a private right of action against the employer for not adopting a plan or not following a plan in certain situations. It also prohibits retaliation against employees who exercise their rights under the HERO Act, including raising questions about compliance with the safety and health place. So one, you're going to be open to penalties from the state for not adopting and not following, and those penalties can be extremely stiff. But you're also opening yourself up to a lawsuit by one of your employees. It also now creates another instance of retaliation, so if someone starts asking, um, you know, why haven't you done this or where is it or what do we have to do in this situation and you go to fire that person because of that, that would be retaliation. Gotcha.
1: It just seems to make a lot of sense to do it, especially if you have a lot of employees. So that
0: Yes. You know. And you know what? A lot of people might have done this already and, mm-hmm. you know, they just need to make sure that they're up to date on the CDC and the Department of Health guidelines. Right, right. Um, some of them might have, you know, started the first drafts but never followed through on it this is making it mandatory. So this is something you want to get done as quickly as possible. Um, you want to be aware of and discuss with your, your attorney what, uh, what you have to do to get this done, get that information out to your employees, and then just be aware that if you're not in compliance, you're subject to these penalties, but you also open yourself up to a lawsuit from your employees. Um, they have this private right of action and then additionally, um, you know, if any of them were fired because they were raising questions about it, that would be considered retaliation. So right, sure. those are just things to
1: stay aware of. When, when does this have to be done, Matt? You might have mentioned it.
0: Um, as soon as possible. <laughs> okay. I thought, was it a November one? Date? Yes. So, okay. you know, obviously we're recording this in late October. There's not much time, but it's, um, it's a necessary of the uh, part of getting it done and we need to move as quickly as possible. Gotcha.
1: Well, I guess if you focus on this, and again, what you were saying some of these model plans that are out there, you probably can put something together. And then as like anything, it kind of updated as you go, go along too, to make sure that you're always in compliance and things like that. Again, this is again, the HEROES Act. And I'm going to just ask you to give that little commercial again, as far as uh you know, Matt is not here. Um he's not here to give legal advice. This is just an update, and again, we want to make sure that uh not only are our IDA clients informed about this, but all businesses, uh as this is
0: important for all businesses to take advantage of. Yeah, no, definitely. So again, this was just a update on you know an a, a important part of responding to COVID nineteen. The IDA sent out an update several months ago to its clients. But now that we're into the full swing of this, we wanted to make sure that all of our listeners and uh, clients were aware of what's going on and how serious this is. Absolutely. And you know, Matt, we
1: talked about, um, we're hoping that over the next couple of weeks that you'll come back. Um, There are some Mm -hmm. other, I don't want to say concerns, but I guess concerns and Mm -hmm. things that employers are dealing with. As far as uh, the mandatory vaccination
0: uh, that's going on out there right now. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, a part of that analysis really depends on what type of employer you are. Most employers in the state of New York are at-will employers, hmm. which means they can terminate you for any reason or no reason at all at any time. So, um, but what what changes that? Um, a union contract would change that. So, if you are a union employer, that analysis is going to be different than at the at-will employer. Um, if you have an employment contract with individual employees, that contract will also dictate um, how you deal with them. Uh, if you have policies or other issues within the your company, that's another thing that might affect it. So it's not, again, a cookie cutter, easy response. And I know businesses are dealing with this day to day and, you know, the relationship with employees and things like that, that this is sort of affecting. Um, so we would, you know. Like to do a similar thing to this, where we just have that general discussion again, and you know, consult with your attorneys and others to uh, figure out how to deal with that, right? And uh, maybe, like we said, we could bring some of our clients on. Uh, to
1: discuss how they're dealing with this right now. Yeah, you know, definitely. Um, the other t- uh, topic we'd like to hit in the near future also is the small business relief programs, and maybe yeah. you can just touch on that a little bit.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, the town of Babylon has been very responsive to the COVID uh, outbreak, both in the business community and for residents. The initial program was called Babylon is Back, and it was started. In May of 2020, as a response uh, to businesses coming back after pandemic rules were were limited by the governor. That was about the same time as MIB. It was the same time as MIB. Correct. Yes, okay. MIB is my nickname. It's Matt <laughs> is back. Uh, so yeah, no, it's the same time as MIB. And what would happen uh, at that time was the local development corporation, the IDA, right. and the town, along with our village partners, our chambers of commerce, came together and you know had a response to uh, you know it was a very difficult time. We. Uh, partnered with the New York Loan Forward Program and the National Development Corporation. And we had you know several million dollars available in loan programs. We also had a grant program that we ran through the LDC. Um, and we had a Babylon Boot Camp where we offered certain advice like this about what was going on, how to deal with that stuff. And then at the beginning of this year, the American Rescue Plan Act was enacted, and it gave money to the town of Babylon, and that money has been used in what's been called the direct support program. We've given more than $3.6 million in awards, grant awards, of about 49500 or less to businesses throughout the town. Um, so there's still this response that's just, this is just a town, right? Now you also have the county, you have the state, and you have the federal government. You know, whether it be idle loans, the PPP looks like it's pretty much done. Um, The state, just like the town, but at a larger scale, is giving out certain federal monies it's received, as well as certain monies it had reserved, and the county is in a similar situation. So those are also available to Babylon businesses. Um, You know, there's all sorts of things. So we're going to create that, again, just that landing page where you can find these resources and apply, Um, but it's, you know, an important resource right now is, the recovery continues from, you know, COVID-19. That's perfect. Um, Again, Matt, uh,
1: I want to thank you for being here again today. Hey,
0: 1 in 15. I'm like the (laughs) bookends. So I'm I'm lit. Bookend, right. How do you feel about it since it started? Things have been going well?
1: Things have been going well. We've had a great response locally here. Um, and we've also, we're international, man. Uh, yeah. So that's been pretty cool. You know, I don't know what it is that it's uh, attracting us to places like Brussels and, well, Ireland, McDonough and Dolan on a show. Yeah, right. I mean, right, that, right. that probably yeah. helped. But um, they, no, they, they very, looked at it and they were disappointed, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, all of a sudden, that, that light went out. Yeah. But, um, no, we've had a great response, and uh, we've had some great guests, uh, and we've gotten a lot of great information out there. And that was the whole purpose of this, which you know we've talked about it prior to us kicking it off. Uh, it yeah, no, a lot it's, it's definitely it's an
0: interesting so concept. You know, when I was here um, as CEO... You you try to think about ways in in which to reach out to the business community in a positive way, Mm -hmm. and how can we help? Because not everybody in the business community is eligible for the benefits. That's right. And I think this is definitely doing that, so that's great. Yeah. But, oh, that's good. Thank Who's you. Who's on next? Who's your next? Who follows up me?
1: Well, who follows up you? Well, I think we have
0: to... It's probably going to be people. me again because I'm coming back and I'm going to talk about <laughs> I'm prevailing... i David yeah. right now. Like, David, who the heck is going on the show? Prevailing but, wage uh, is probably the next thing, uh, Prevailing, right? wa- prevailing you wa- you wage.
1: Is, these things, prevailing wage is also another huge topic right now, and these things are right around the corner. Yeah, for a lot of these developers and businesses. And I think it's so important to get this information out there. Um, but we're also going to go back. We, we do a, a segment with our town historian, uh, a talk back in time. Uh, so, we look to bring her back and talk about housing and how you know we've done. Oh, some- interesting. We had That's good. A- Gwen O'Shea from right. CDCLI. She was episode 14. Right. Where we talked about the housing, what's going on, and, and we'll bring Mary back to talk about the evolution of right. housing. Right. But who was the pilot?
0: Who was episode number one? Maddie T. Yours truly. Yes, That's well- right. <laughs> You're welcome, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the prevailing wage thing, just quickly. Another topic, it more affects who's building in the town, but it also affects just clients generally. And that will take effect January 1. So that's something else we want to make sure we get done. We will do that.
1: So, again, I just want to thank Matt McDonough Mm -hmm. for being here today. Again, my name is Tom Dolan. You are listening to Economically Speaking. I'm Matt McDonough. I might as well be a co-host at this point, now. Why not, Matty? Why not? <laughs> this has been fun. The last 10 minutes is the best part. Yeah.
0: Well, what you do is you cut this, reverse it, put it on the front end, and it'll act like we were actually having a good time before we got to the <laughs> meat and <laughs> bones and stuff.
1: So, Sounds good. Have a great day, everyone.
0: This episode of Economically Speaking Podcast was brought to you by the Town of Babylon IDEA. To find out more information about today's topic, our guest, or to simply stay connected, please visit the show notes where you'll find all the relevant links.